Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Wendy 2.0 and my Passion Project podcast. Why 2.0, you ask? Because once upon a time, I was a social media influencer named Keto Warrior Wendy. I spoke passionately about keto, mindset, spirituality, and holistic health. When I outgrew that stage of my life, my passion for speaking about these topics didn't disappear. So I've taken some time to grow and become more authentically who I am. I've rebirthed myself as Wendy 2.0, the new and improved version. This Passion Project podcast is a result of my desire and my life purpose to share information and to help give a voice to others to share what they are passionate about. I am looking for passionate collaborators in the spiritual, holistic, and mindset arenas. If you would like to be a guest on my podcast, please reach out to me. You can find all of my contact information on my website at worldofwellness.ca. I would love to hear what makes you tick. You can find this podcast on YouTube and Anchor, the always free and fabulous podcast platform. I am also on other social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest as well as Google My Business. Thank you for listening. And now, on to today's Passion Project podcast guest. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Wendy 2.0 and my Passion Project podcast. Why 2.0, you ask? Because once upon a time, I was a social media influencer named Keto Warrior Wendy. I spoke passionately about keto, mindset, spirituality, and holistic health. When I outgrew that stage of my life, my passion for speaking about these topics didn't disappear. So I've taken some time to grow and become more authentically who I am. I've rebirthed myself as Wendy 2.0, the new and improved version. This Passion Project podcast is a result of my desire and my life purpose to share information and to help give a voice to others to share what they are passionate about. I am looking for passionate collaborators in the spiritual, holistic, and mindset arenas. If you would like to be a guest on my podcast, please reach out to me. You can find all of my contact information on my website at worldofwellness.ca. I would love to hear what makes you tick. You can find this podcast on YouTube and Anchor, the always free and fabulous podcast platform. I am also on other social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest, as well as Google My Business. Thank you for listening. And now, on to today's Passion Project podcast guests. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Wendy 2.0, where everything you receive is real, raw, and authentic. Be sure to do all the good social media things. Give this a like if you're loving it. Share with your friends. Subscribe. You know, all that stuff. So today, my guest is the fabulous Rachel Aberly. She is in the Bahamas. She is a block therapy excuse me, she's a block therapist and block therapy instructor and has been doing this for six years. She's a body talk practitioner, a yoga instructor, a Zumba instructor, a massage therapist, theta healing instructor, a receipt, a receipt, a retreat facilitator and coordinator. And she loves raw food. She talks about raw food and grows her own raw food. So welcome, Rachel. I also know that Rachel is a mom. So Rachel's just going to take a second and she's just going to talk to us about, I mean, I just gave you the whole list, but she's going to talk to us a little bit about who she is. And we're going to focus on block therapy and the breath today. But first, hi, Rachel. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Wendy. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting to, to be here with you because you are the one that got me through the toughest time of my block therapy career, which is when I had to switch from live classes to Zoom classes. And I'm probably going to cry <laughs> as I did way back then all the time. 
And uh, so I want to say thank you for pushing me and like being the super glue um, to keep it all together. And uh, thanks to you, I'm I'm now teaching on Zoom. However, <laughs> I just took the time out today, like today after my class, I just got this strong feeling that I need to take time out. I I need to take a break and now focus on myself, rebuild my block therapy, my personal block therapy practice so that I can serve my students. I, you know, every once in a while, you just have to refresh things and just like, you know, start again and, and, and go back to go back to the basics and learn more, study more, research more so that you can share more. Right. So that's what happened today. And I didn't plan that. I didn't know that was going to happen, but it just did like right after my session this morning. So I emailed my students and a couple of them like, oh, no. Oh, wait. <laughs> so I'm like, it's OK. You know, I'll still, you know, let you in on my activities. You know, if you really want it bad, come on in. <laughs> but I just need to take time out. So. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things that block therapy teaches us is to how to listen to our bodies, how to pay attention to those signs, how to step back and reevaluate and then move forward again. Because as you work through and you do block therapy, you know, your body's realigning, it's restructuring, even though you're six years into it, your body is always changing. So if your body is saying, Hey, I need a break, and your brain is going, Hey, I need a break. This is a great way to do that because block therapy is pain therapy, exercise, and meditation. So while you're doing the exercise, you're meditating. So you're connecting to your spiritual self, to your higher self, to your guides, to your angels. So you need to listen to those messages. It's really good that you're honoring what it is that's come through for you today. And and I I was laughing because when I made that decision, then I was like, oh, and so now I can spend more time with my family. I'm like, no, because you're still going to get on the block in this section of time. You're still going to be and I'm like, oh, maybe I can go to the beach. No, this Rachel, this is <laughs> you're you're stopping. You're, you're pausing teaching so that you can focus on the block more yourself. So I had to really like uh, consciously say no you're not going to do anything else during this time. You're just going to do your own private practice, your own personal practice so that you can serve your students. So, so what is that going to look like for you? Let's, let's talk about that for a moment. I mean, you're teaching classes. So how many days a week do you teach classes? So five days a week, um, 9am is my, is my class time, Eastern standard time. So my break is going to look like I'm going to dive into the, uh, the 90 day um, challenge. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go through all those classes on the membership site and just go through them and you know learn more. I'm just hungry for learning more, and so that's what I'm gonna be doing. Okay, that's awesome. You know what? The 90 day challenge you can find in the Block Therapy membership. So if you don't have a block, hit us up for a link. We are happy to help you. Um, and then once you have your block you know, you can sign up for the membership and in the membership, it it's the most valuable thing that we have access to. It is absolutely incredible. Um, the 90 day challenge is literally 90 days, three months of restructuring your body from the bottom up and you go through it twice. So you start at your feet and you go to the head and then you start back at the feet and you come back through again. And the changes that you can achieve in 90 days are phenomenal. Yes, and that that membership site is like a treasure chest. It's like the pot at the end of the rainbow. Like it's just, I love it. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it's full of all of Deanna's wisdom. Deanna Hansen is the creator of Block Therapy, and it is full of all of her wisdom. It is full of all of her knowledge. It is an amazing resource for you know teachers and you know, students alike, it is, and it's not expensive. It's $400 for the year. So you get everything that you need in this membership site. However, you don't get live teaching in the membership site. And that's where the teachers come in. And that's where your block therapists come in, where your therapist can read your fascia and then help you unwind your fascia so that you achieve what it is that you're looking for. Um, I know myself, my, my pictures are all over the place in terms of 
transformation because when I started my first three months, I had a huge, huge transformation in my body. And so my, my pictures are constantly used to, you know, promote the weight loss programs and, and whatever, because it was that dramatic. Um, it has been hugely dramatic for me, but the biggest piece for me, and this is what I really want to talk with Rachel about today. The biggest piece for me was learning how to breathe because block therapy, the melting of your fascia is driven by the breath and by breathing properly. So Rachel's going to talk to us about the breath, how to breathe properly, why we need to breathe properly, the benefits of breathing properly as a yoga instructor and block therapy instructor and therapist. She's very well versed on how all of this works. And I I've taken a class with Rachel and she talked about the breath and it just was so profound. I was like, we need to share this with the world. So Rachel, why let's talk about the breath. Let's talk about the importance of the breath. Just take it away and we'll just let this go and see where it, it takes us. Okay. So, wow. Um, it's such a huge, I mean, I could talk all day long. It's just so fascinating to me because it's the one thing that we cannot live without. I mean, we can't live without water. We can't live without food, but if you like the breath is the thing that we can't live without for the, for the shortest amount of time, you know, I'm, I'm saying that right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so, but it serves us not only to keep us alive, but to help us thrive. And we don't take it seriously enough in general. We don't learn how to breathe properly. We are not taught that as children. Um, Majority of the people that I see, the diaphragm is stuck in the rib cage and only breathing here uh, with the upper chest muscles. And I, and I can't help it. A lot of times I'm talking to somebody and I'm totally not focusing on them, what, what they're saying. I'm, I'm watching them breathe without, there's no movement in the belly that they're just breathing the upper chest. And sometimes I can say something, it depends on the situation and the person. And then other times I, I, I just don't, I just don't know what to say. I don't know. I still don't know how to uh, say it so that it's, so that it's, okay for everyone to hear like you never know different people need need to be approached differently anyway so that that's um the breath is like vital and so i i'm so grateful that i'm able to bring my attention to my breath when i'm feeling stressed when i'm feeling afraid when i'm feeling angry it's really helped me tremendously since learning block therapy. I mean, even as a yoga instructor, I w- I'm not, I wasn't taught as deeply uh, about the importance of the breath as I am now with block therapy. And uh, uh, placing the tongue in the aligned position there on the roof of the mouth is, I just do it all day long. I do it all day long. And I'm so happy that um, we were taught this. And you can be taught something and then you just la 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 yeah okay whatever and then you you don't really put it into practice but i can say in the last three months it is solid it is solid practice and the way i describe it is that imagine you have something on the roof of your mouth that is your favorite thing whether that be honey or peanut butter or chocolate it's on the roof of your mouth and it's stuck and you want to you want to suck it off so you bring your tongue back towards the throat and then when you go to that ridge where there's a soft palate, your tongue just docks there. It's anatomically perfect, like a lock and key. And then when your tongue is there, as you know, the neck is fully supported. It's not doing all the work to keep the head upright. So if your tongue is weak and hanging, your neck is like really working harder than it should. The, the uh, lymph nodes and the thyroid get congested and and crowded and the carotid artery gets crowded because of that lazy tongue so that if i if i were to like choose one thing that is that is the most precious gift in in a form of a lesson it's that tongue placement and I was, as you were talking about it, I'm putting my tongue. So we in block therapy, we call it docking the tongue. And what it does is it creates this nice, strong postural foundation for the head, neck and shoulders so that the neck is supported. 
But when you put your tongue in the roof of your mouth, you can't breathe through your mouth. So you have to breathe through your nose, which then starts to train you to breathe properly. When Rachel was talking about using these muscles here, our diaphragm is our main breathing muscle. It is one of the strongest muscles next to our tongue in our body when it's utilized properly. And when you pull the breath down and the diaphragm is working properly, you're getting 600% more oxygen absorption because it's coming down to the bottoms of the lungs where the alveoli live. Right. That's okay. No worries. Um, Again, real, raw, and authentic. Life happens, phones ring, people walk (laughs) into rooms. I have hot flashes every so often while we're doing this. It is whatever. (laughs) So, so, tongue placement thing is like golden. It's like the golden rule. And like you said, it forces you to breathe through your nose, which is like we should all be breathing through our nose. Every single one of us should be breathing through our nose. Anytime we're not talking or eating, our mouth should be closed and breathing through the nose. And I, I don't know if I ever shared this with you, the song, I rephrase, I reworded this song, stop children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going around. I rephrase and I go, stop children, close your mouth. You don't want to catch what's going around. <laughs> <laughs> not, be, not that that's necessarily true because you know you can pick up things through the nose but just to make the children aware that if they breathe through their nose they're much less likely to catch uh, viruses and bring in bacteria and and pollution because the air is filtered moisturized pressurized not only that the piranha receptors are up here in the nose and also we produce nitric oxide when we breathe through the nose which is a uh, a gas, a natural gas that is produced only when you breathe through the nose. And that helps to uh, control inflammation in the respiratory system or like re- decrease the inflammation response in the respiratory system. And nitric oxide helps to fight certain viruses and bacteria. So, I mean, whoever, whoever taught us that before, like, did you ever know that as a kid? I had no idea. I, I mean, I knew, you know, like the nasal hairs, they filter everything so that, you know, you're not getting things going up in your nose and into your body. And, and I knew that it, you know, moisturized and all that. I did not know that we produced nitric oxide. Yes. And, and when you breathe through your nose and you, and you slowly, you exhale slower than you inhale, which we do in block therapy, you automatically go into the parasympathetic nervous state of rest and digest. So you're getting out of that fear response, out of that fight or flight. And your body is working together. The organs work together um, to, to maintain homeostasis like an orchestra. And I say, our body is like an orchestra and every organ is an instrument. When we breathe through the nose, the organs, the the nose is like the conductor of of the orchestra because breathing through the nose brings the the organs down into that uh, restful mode and then they can work together harmoniously, symbiotically like an orchestra to to keep the body, you know, working at its optimal uh, rate and and it's just so cool. (laughs) I love talking to you about this because you just know so much about the breath. I mean, we all know we need oxygen. As Rachel mentioned, it's the thing that we can live without the least. You start to lose brain cells after three minutes of being oxygen deprived. Like your brain starts to die after three minutes. You can go for a day without water. You can go for days without food. I mean, people fast all the time. You can go for days on end without food, but you cannot live without the breath. No. So you might as well specialize in it. Might as well make that. Uh, I, I'm so excited that that's what I work with is, is breathing. Like that's the driving force of life, right? It's, it's what keeps us alive. And so when you can fine tune uh, the thing that you can't live without, it's like, so cool. <laughs> it is cool. I know that, you know, most of us live in this fight or flight kind of 
environment inside of ourselves. We're always stressed out. We're anxious, like anxiety is driven, but from the sympathetic nervous system, when you get into the parasympathetic nervous system, what happens, Rachel? So your mind goes on vacation. It just stops chattering. It stops. You don't feel stressed. Um, you slow down to speed up your, your body slows down, your breath, your heart rate slows down so that your homeostasis, uh, magical, intuitive, like innate, uh, wisdom speeds up. That's what happens. You slow down to speed up, speeds up the healing response, um, uh, raises the vibration, uh, speeds up your your weight the way forward in a, in a more peaceful positive way and I'm not saying that you know I never jump off the rails and and get upset trust me I I freak out I, I do freak out once I'll still I mean there's I no wouldn't know anything about that <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yes you've been on the other end of that before. I have been on the other end of that so I can I can vouch for the fact that yes. Rachel is not always cool calm and collected okay. and Rachel can also vouch for the fact that I am not always cool calm and collected even though I know how to breathe properly Right, right. And so we just learn how to handle stress better um, and uh, just move forward. Um, and there, there's that in my classes, and you've been to my class where I, I take people to that space between the breath. where we just, And why is that space important? So it is like, um, so I say, well, actually, I've, I heard somebody say this once, um, that um, there we all we we came from uh nothing and within this nothing is everything that exists this it was a quantum physics uh scientist that i heard him say this and i was like oh that sounds exactly like that space between the breath to me because it is it is the, the present moment nothing exists in this space except the present moment and pure potential and what what happens there is it gives the body time to absorb the oxygen and to get rid of the nitric, uh, the uh, carbon know, the, dioxide, carbon dioxide. Uh, that's an exchange that happens, right? And when you breathe fast, you, there's really not enough time or there is enough time to do that, but it's, it's not um, an ideal amount of time to really, really be able to do that exchange, really absorb all the oxygen that's that's there potentially and get rid of the carbon dioxide that, that we can. So in that space, we give the body time to do that. And also it gives the brain time to scan the body for information on how to maintain homeostasis. Because every time you take a breath, your brain does a full body scan and there are millions and millions of chemical reactions going on. So when you pause there, the brain, your body can do so much more work in this, in this time to maintain homeostasis. So yeah, it's just like a peaceful, um, quiet place where you can just be. We are so busy all the time doing, 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 only feeling satisfied if we got this done, we accomplished that, accomplished this, accomplished that. And how often do we get a chance to just be be still and so that's what that's what I like it that is fascinating I I didn't know any of that I just knew that when I got into that space in between the breaths where you know we panic because we were like oh my god I'm not breathing but you can take a few seconds and just stay in that space. So when you're on the block, the block puts you into a meditative state because it activates the parasympathetic nervous system. You're slowing your breath down. You're getting more present inside of your body. And then when you get to the end of the breath and you squeeze your belly small, and then you stop just for a moment, it's like time stands still. Yeah. just for a second where nothing is happening. Like Rachel said, it's the space of nothing. I know I did not know that the body went through all of these processes in this brief moment of time where it's like scanning and it's fixing and it's, you know, shooting off new 
neurons and creating neuroplasticity and all of those kinds of things. And these, you know, homeostasis is your body's optimal state of balance. Neuroplasticity is creating neural, new neural pathways, new messaging pathways in the brain, just so that we're throwing out these big words. We want to make sure everyone understands what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. And just to be clear that when I do that space between the breath, it's before that final squeeze of the belly. I do it. I spend the most time in that space before we do that squeeze. So, so we exhale slowly, just let the air escape. Literally. It's just like a a letting go. And then when, when you reach that place where the pressure on the inside equals the pressure on the outside of the body, then you can just be still the airway is still open. You're not like holding anything. It's just open, but there's no, there's no uh, movement of breath because it's neutral. And then I do the, and then I continue to exhale, pull the belly in, lift the diaphragm and notice how much more air was still left there that would have stayed there if we hadn't done the conscious exhalation. And so in this, our body is constantly searching for neutrality. Did you know that when we sigh, you sigh and then at the end of the sigh is the place, this space between the breath. Our, we go there naturally. It's our body's natural way to say, okay, we need to, we need to find neutral. We need to balance this. We need to, uh, yeah, neutralize this, this stress. So I like to say to my students in class, just the next time you sigh, do it again and, go, and stay right there where your body wants you to be. At the end of that side is that space. I bet you never thought so of a side like that. So it's kind of like a reset. Yes, it's a reset. Sighing is our body's natural way to reset. So I take my students there to that space. And yes, perfect word. I love that, Wendy. Thank you. It's a reset. It's a space to reset. Yes. And I think it's really important that, especially at this time of the year, it's December you know, we're coming up to Christmas, everything is so rushed and harried and worried. And, you know, this is really when practicing deep breathing, practicing proper breathing can really help to change what's happening in your outer world. I mean, this, this happens anyway, it as you practice breathing properly, your outer world begins to change and you start to look at things very differently. And that's because you're getting more oxygen. Your body is getting more used to being in a parasympathetic state, which is your rest and digest state versus your fight or flight state, right? What other benefits do we get from breathing properly? So also it helps to um, like, not only just breathing properly, but being aware throughout the day of when you're not breathing properly, then you can change that. You can reset, you can put your hand on your belly, feel the belly move as you breathe. And then it just helps to bring de-stress. It's like this this de-stress button and it helps to stop you from like freaking out more than you would, you know? I mean, that it, 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 we have so much fear and stress that we're bombarded with. Um, and I don't know what I, I don't know what state I would be in right now if I did not know about this, this breathing, that it can save you, not just save you uh, by keep, keeping you alive, but save you mentally. <laughs> Well, I know I, sorry, I know in the spiritual world, we're always throwing around, you know, the term present moment, now moment, conscious awareness. These are things that are driven by the breath. Are they not? Yes, exactly. And it's just a way of helping people to understand what that means. Like, what does the present moment mean? And when you can fill your breath, when you're focusing on your breath, Nothing else exists. Your mind is not thinking about anything else when you're properly focusing on your breath. So that's, that's cool. Is your mind is sometimes the worst enemy. You're it is very enemy. cool. Yeah. And I actually find it challenging to teach classes because I can't get into that space. Cause I'm constantly thinking of, you know, the next place I have to go, the next place I have to put people? What's my next position? How am I going to teach it? I find that it's challenging for me to get 
the proper practice in for myself as I teach yeah. a class, because I can't get into that meditative state. Cause otherwise I, you know, I mean, I've been known to fall asleep on my block as I am blocking because it really puts you into such a deep, relaxed state that yes, you can lay or sit or kneel on a wooden block and actually fall asleep in that position. But that's the power of the breath. That's the power of bringing in the oxygen, slowing everything down, bringing yourself into conscious awareness of where that breath is going, how it's traveling through your body, what you're feeling while that's happening. Your brain is so busy going internal. It doesn't have time to think about the fact that the bills aren't paid and there's no money coming in and you got to buy all these gifts for Christmas and all of that. It's all about you in those moments. But when you're teaching a class, how do you find that you're, or is this why you're taking a break is because you're not getting the benefits that you wanted or need to get from a class, like, would this be part of that equation? Right. So I, I get amazing benefits to it when I'm teaching. It's, it's astounding. But the reason that I needed to take a break was because I, I feel like in order to truly serve my students and honor them, I need to, I need to take better care of myself too. So I need to have my practice on the side so that I can I can refresh my my vocabulary, my language. Uh, just give them, um, you know, a, wide, a wider range of, of things. So so I'm so I'm taking that break so that I can also my my students at this time they were also not really coming to class live. They were doing the recordings, but they weren't there live. They were busy. Um, some of them weren't having time to do the recordings. So I think December is a good time to just take a break. Also, it's a very, um, it's a very uh, hard time in in December. Like there's a lot of grief. I'm feeling a lot of grief. Uh, Today's my brother-in-law's and the anniversary of his death. He had a motorcycle accident. And so I feel like I need to take really focus on, on myself so that I can serve my students. Um, And Today we we're. I was listening to the Q and A with Deanna and Quinn, and what is she specializing in? Grief, like <laughs> the positions that will help us to to move through grief. So I was like, "Well, this is perfect. It's just what I need. This is what I need." So, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about you know what kinds of things block therapy can help with? I mean, you've been doing this for six years now and we're at right now. First thing you just mentioned was block therapy can help you relieve or release grief from your tissues. What else, what other health benefits can you get from block therapy? Because I mean, block therapy again is all about the breath. So the breath helps you to move things out of your body, helps you to heal things. What kinds of things can it help with? Um, it also helps to just promote flow in the body, like create healthy tissue. Um, when our body is compressed, we get depressed. When the body is compressed, there's a, a lack of blood flow and energy and light, just vibrance in, in general. So, so we are decompressing the body and allowing that flow to happen so that cells can be set free to do their job. And uh, it just connects you connects you into your own uh, space so that you can uh, can, uh, connect to yourselves in a way like uh, there's that Bob Marley song. I like to mess with songs. Um, He said, none but ourselves can free our mind. I say none but ourselves, like C-E-L-L-S, none but ourselves can free our mind. So when you have healthy, spacious, illuminated, vibrant, well-fed and clean cells, then I mean, yeah, you got it. You you got it good. I I I I got it good. Really, really, I'm I'm always feel so blessed that I I found this work, um, and that was divine guidance for sure. And then another thing, uh, it, when you decompress your body, you are more connected to your ethereal body, that energy that is surrounding you more connected to that, more intuitive, 
um, also in a way, I, I also, which is hard sometimes, I feel like I have a stronger sense of um, my surrounding, um, the energy of, of the people. Like if there's a lot of grief around me, I feel it. I feel it big time. Like the sadness. I'm happy. I'm a happy person. But I'll, but sometimes I have, I have this intense sadness um, that I'm not saying it's because of block therapy at all. I'm just saying that I feel it stronger since I've been doing this practice, because it, when you decompress the body, you illuminate the cells and you have more of a connection to the, the your ethereal body or the, what we share, the energy that we all share that's on the outside. So the collective energy, you know, yeah. you're more connected to all that is to the collective energy, to the energies of everybody, all the souls, yeah. all the spirits in the world you're connected and to. I knew, I knew you could fill, fill me yeah. in and help me with that. How to, how to phrase that. <laughs> yeah. So block therapy can help you connect more deeply to your spirituality, to your spiritual self. Now there's a lot of people who, you know, this is not in their realm of beliefs and that's okay. It can help you if you're, you know, if you're in your Christian, it can help you deepen your prayer and your connection to God, right? Whatever it is that you believe in from a higher power kind of perspective, block therapy can help you connect more deeply to that because block therapy connects you more deeply to yourself. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. And also the vagus nerve, it helps to tone the vagus nerve, um, which is uh, one of those unknown or underappreciated body parts that really, really have a huge impact on our health, not only just uh, physical, but mental as well. And um, so, you know, I, when you when you tone the vagus nerve, you go into the, a, a quiet space, it's, it's um, helps to get into meditation. And it's just so interesting that when you put your palms together like this in prayer position, it it's like sort of the vagus nerve starts here at the base of the brain right up here, right? And it goes down and then it branches out to all the organs. But as far as I remember anatomically, I might be wrong, but it's like starts up here and it's like a tree trunk and then it branches out and goes down to the organs. So about here where your hands would be, and I'm totally just like, I, I need to look this up before I start talking like this, that, that it that's really okay. like that. I feel like the prayer, your hands are in prayer position and you're like cradling, cradling that vagus nerve. And when you cradle the vagus nerve, that's when you connect to your higher power, God, whatever it is, that, you know, when you're praying that you, you connect to that. And so I've always had this special uh, little Thing about your hands in that prayer position it's like as if you're cradling and, and honoring the vagus nerve and I, I went through a phase where I geeked out on it quite a bit but I, I should look at the anatomy of it see if I'm even right <laughs> well and for those of you that don't really know you know if you've ever triggered or tripped over your vagus nerve ladies when you pluck your eyebrows and you sneeze you've tripped over your vagus nerve that has activated your vagus nerve. That is what drives your, that sneezing is the vagus nerve. If you didn't know that when you tweeze your eyebrows and you sneeze, that's a vagus nerve reaction. Very interesting. So just, just as an aside, one of those pieces of useless information in the bucket of useless information right? that you get to pull out and go, I look smart. <laughs> <laughs> I love to admit that I, I don't, I'm not really sure, but I just, what I think. Uh, but one thing I do know is that a block therapy also help, it hydrates the tissue when you're dehydrated, you're, you're like in a perfect storm and also helps to fight inflammation. So hydration and anti-inflammatory uh, practices or, or anything you can do to help inflammation in the body that's chronic inflammation i'm talking about then you're golden and and there is a there is a chemical that is released in the body when we do block therapy and i don't remember what it is i should know this that name of that chemical that's an anti-inflammatory agent um that's what we get really and the combination of those two things um dehydration and inflammation 
the you, the two of those together, you're just asking for trouble, right? Right. So, I mean, block therapy releases dopamine and it releases serotonin, which helps improve your mental health. I know for myself that anytime I am struggling with, you know, feeling depressed or any, you know, my brain is not quite working right. 30 minutes to block therapy can really help shift my mood because I've added oxygen to my brain. I've slowed my body down. It's given my body time to release feel good hormones to help um, help my brain feel better. And I, when we're on the block and talking about inflammation, when we're on the block, very often we get on, we are all have inflammation because we're not eating properly and we're stressed and we're not breathing properly. You get on the block and all of a sudden you get really cold. And that's because that inflammation, that process has been shut down. And so now all of a sudden that inflammation that was keeping you warm is no longer there and you need a blanket or, you know, something along that line to kind of bring your body temperature back up. Am I on the right track there? I'm not, I don't know. It's that's interesting, but I'm not, you know, it could be right. I don't know that I've yeah. heard that, but that's, so yeah, cool. no, it, it turns off the inflammation. So <laughs> all of a sudden you get cold. Right? I love having it's, discussions with you because I learned so much. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really interesting. I find that, you know, sometimes I get on the block and I'm really hot and then, and I mean, I'm still going through hot flashes and things like that, although they're finally decreasing, thank goodness. But all of a sudden I'll get really cold. And that's just because the inflammation, that inflammatory process has stopped. Wow. Yeah. Um, I knew that I knew that it's helping with inflammation, but I didn't know those details. That's so juicy. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really a fascinating practice to be involved in, you know, and as you slow the body down now, all of a sudden it's not stressed out. So it doesn't have to be all raw and you you know, it, it cools you down, which is why very often I'll get off the block. I'll be freezing cold because that inflammatory process has stopped. So now I have to go and have a bath, which is really good for you because it hydrates your cells. You add, you know, Epsom salts and stuff and helps you detox and helps continue the detoxing that block therapy has started for you. Yes. You know, can I, I tell you about a, a breathing technique that I developed I would love to hear more about that. I would love to talk to you a little bit more about why breathing up here is not beneficial. And then if we could teach everybody how to pull their breath from here to their diaphragm, that would be really invaluable for our listeners. Okay. Um, So breathing only with the upper chest muscles, it causes these muscles to get overdeveloped and then cause uh, congestion in the area where your lymph nodes are and your thyroid gland is and in your carotid arteries. So, um, so when we're only focusing on these muscles, we're not paying, we're not strengthening the diaphragm. We're relying only on these. And also the oxygen receptors are deep in the alveoli. Like you mentioned earlier, 70 a percent approximate of the oxygen receptors are deep in the lungs. And if you don't use the diaphragm and you're only using these upper chest muscles, you're not getting as much oxygen as you could get. Um, And so these muscles are actually useful at the top of the inhalation. So once you've pushed the belly out and the ribs out to inhale, then you want to activate these muscles at the very top of that inhalation. Feel the clavicle move, feel the space here to get that full breath at the top of the lungs as well. So we don't want to just focus on the diaphragm. We have to, you know, honor these muscles as well, but in their right, at the right time, which is at the top of the inhalation. That's very interesting. So, and these muscles, these upper respiratory muscles, they also, they get, frozen because of stress, fear, and negativity. Oh, yeah. I have, I have a story actually when my husband, so we're coming up on in one week, one week from today, which is the 12th of December. So on the 19th of December, it was five years ago that my husband was diagnosed with prostate cancer for the first time. Okay. And it was terrifying because we decided not to follow what they wanted us to do. We followed the ketogenic diet instead. I was like, 
I was militant. I was going to kill this cancer come hell or high water, but I was scared all the time, all the time. I was terrified. And I was following a ketogenic diet myself and going through all kinds of stuff on my own. When the cancer reversed itself the first time was October of 2017. And I thought that was fine. We, we found a doctor. I cried for a day when we found a doctor who actually was going to support us on our journey because our doctors turned their backs on us. But it was very interesting. My husband was diagnosed again in January of this year with prostate cancer. And now I've been blocking for three years at this point. And instantly, as soon as he got that diagnosis, all this fear started to come up and I was instantly in, I don't want to go through this again. Like, okay. So first of all, not about me, selfish response. I was like instantly triggered back because it was all up here. So I blocked this area. I blocked my upper respiratory, my pecs, my upper chest underneath my collarbone, all in this area. I had the hugest grief release. I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried and all this fear, I could feel all this fear coming out of my body from blocking this area because my husband had another prostate cancer diagnosis. So when we say that this gets trapped in here, it really does get trapped in here. And when all of that released, it was like this whole upper chest area just opened right up for me. And then I stepped into my empowerment and said, we've done this before. Let's find out how we do it again. And the second time going back to what Rachel was saying about, you know, our body gets compressed. The second round of block of prostate cancer, we reversed with block therapy because cancer cannot live in a, in a, an environment that's full of sugar. So that was how the ketogenic diet helped us in the first place, but cancer also can be created by the compression of tissues and compression of the body. Our bodies, because fascia grips to the bone with a pressure of up to 2000 pounds per square inch, our bodies get squished towards the midline. So they get, they taken from the out outer edge towards the inside and it pushes everything to front and the back. Okay. When we practice block therapy, what it does is it brings us back in from front to back and makes us thinner. So when we turn, if you look at us from the side, you're thinner sideways, but then it widens our body. When my husband started practicing. So when we, when we got the second cancer diagnosis and we looked at, you know, the doctors are like, well, you can have a prostatectomy, which means they take out part or all of the prostate. Or we can do radiation seeding, which means they put little seeds of radiation into the prostate, basically killing the prostate and the cancer. And they're like, oh, well, you know, it's great on the front end, but it's the back end that you have to worry about where with a prostatectomy, it's right on the front end. Either way, you end up in the big pharmacog of, you know, Viagra or whatever, so that you can get an erection, you can have incontinence issues, all kinds of stuff. So my husband looks at this, he's like, this isn't an option. I said, I'm going to call Deanna. So I called Deanna, creator of block therapy and said, Hey, he's got cancer again. First of all, her theory on cancer is that cancer is not actually cancer, that it's a fungus that has taken hold. And the other thing is that when your tissues are not getting properly fed, they're not getting proper nutrition, they're not getting proper oxygen. It creates a very acidic environment that allows this fungus or cancer or whatever you want to call it to grow. So she recommended, and I'm going to get a little personal here, everybody, but this is what we did. We practiced block therapy. He did lots of work in his pelvis. And I also did what's called fluid isometrics or myofascial releases all around the area, including inside his anus. Okay. Because he had scar tissue and all kinds of stuff in there from having the biopsies and he had an injury as a kid. What happened was as we did all this work, his body got wider going, 
you know, side to side became narrower front to back now. And I could feel those changes at each time I went inside and was feeling around, I could feel the changes and how now as this compression is being released, that his prostate now has room to move. His prostate now has room to have flow. His prostate is now getting the oxygen that it needs, the flow that it needs to clean out the fungus, the cancer, the whatever you want to call it. Okay. He no longer has any problems. He is no longer having problems with urination. He's no longer having problems with pain. And he had a lot of pain going in and doing that internal work and that fluid isometrics inside of his body actually helped to relieve so much of the pressure and the stress that was in there. He is now cancer free again. And he has said, no more biopsies, no more PSA tests, no more of this. I know how to manage it now because block therapy has helped me. Diet has helped me. So block therapy, and we have somebody in the block therapy community who had two, just in case you think I'm losing my brain, we had he had two abdominal masses, one on his liver and one in his abdomen that he re- completely reversed using block therapy, Rick Simpson oil and a vegan vegetarian diet. Now we continue to follow keto because that's what works best for us. If a plant-based diet is what works best for you. Awesome. Whatever it is, get the processed foods out, get the sugar out, get the oxygen in open up the area by decompressing your fascia and allowing it to melt and get a stop adhering and being stuck everywhere, realign your body. And you'd be amazed at what can happen for you. So, I mean, I realize this sounds really dramatic and I guess maybe it kind of is, but I'm kind of used to dramatic in my life. So I don't think twice about this anymore, but really decompressing your tissues And getting the oxygen in there by breathing properly is how you support your body for everything. I've pretty much reversed fibromyalgia. I've pretty much reversed all of my headaches, all of my migraines. I mean, I had a whole host of things. I was bipolar. It's gone. I right. You look amazing. Thank you. I've put 30 pounds on, which I now need to get off. And that's another thing. 84% of weight loss happens in your breath. So for those of you that are worried about the Christmas pounds that are about to come on, breathing properly can help you get rid of extra weight. But So I I know this was about Rachel, but I had this huge story that I finally have a chance to share. (laughs) Story that's exciting. That is just so exciting. But speaking of the weight, ditch the scales. I say ditch them. Yes. I I do not own a scale and I, I never will except when we had the farm and we had to weigh our, our, our sprouts and stuff. That was the only scale I've ever had. But, um, um, but I'm also, my body is wider. My shorts don't fit anymore. Like I literally had to give away like 10 pairs of shorts, even after my pregnancies, these are, I could fit into these because my, my hips have become wider. There's more space in my abdomen and my groin. I mean, it's just, it's a feeling of freedom and it's not, I don't feel like, Oh, I'm fat. I just, my body has decompressed and, and it's just incredible. I, it's, but also this whole idea that we need to have these tiny little hard bodies is exactly what's driving so many of our health issues today, as opposed to being welcoming to the fact that our body is widening. You want to be narrower coming from front to back and wider going side to side. So, you know, don't worry that your hips are getting wider. And like Rachel said, I already did a really quick little podcast about this. You can find it on my YouTube channel. Um, Get off the scale get off the scale, get off the scale, get off the scale. And it might really quickly, why? Because it measures your gravitational pull on the earth, which means nothing. It means nothing. It's an arbitrary number that we then use to beat ourselves up with. And that's not good for your self-esteem. So that's my real brief. If you want to check this out, it's on my YouTube channel. Cool. So, sorry, Rachel, go ahead. Um, so, um, but my bones also feel more dense. Like, uh, 
I did go for a, uh, you know, I get weighed when I go to my yearly physical. And I, I was shocked. I was like, does that weight, is that scale correct? And I think it's because my bones are denser too, because when, when you get, when you get right to the bone with this baby, that stress on the bone is stimulates bone growth. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a thing. It happens. Like it's a mechanical, biological, natural process. Stress on bone equals bone growth. And so my bones feel stronger too. And, um, yeah. So is it good for people who have osteoporosis or osteopenia or arthritis or anything like that? It is. It surely is. Um, it's, it's a challenge to, uh, get people to really get it and believe in it. And, uh, it used to upset me now. I'm just like, well, I, I, I'm doing it. <laughs> if you don't want to do it, that's fine. I'm still going to do it. And I was actually told the other day, so I live on a tiny island, beautiful island with about 400 residents, but over the season, when, when the tourists come and the second homeowners that they have, they're here, there are about four and a half thousand people like on, on the island. And so I have a very limited amount of people to, um, to teach in person. Um, but I, I do my best. There's like a radio uh, show on in the mornings for all the cruisers, like uh, VHF radio. And I go on there and I'm like, hey, I'm tell you about block therapy. Check out my website. Da, 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 da. Just a little like 30 second thing. And I was told the other day, you're barking up the wrong tree and wasting your time. These people don't want to get on the block. They're here to party and they're here to go fishing and go to the beach and go diving and spend time with their family and their friends. And I'm like, you know what? You're absolutely right. But I, there's nothing in the world that will stop me from doing this. <laughs> well, and really what more tranquil place could you be to get on a block? I mean, look at that picture sitting next to you. When I went to Mexico, I blocked on the beach and it was fantastic. Yeah. I if took my block with me. Noise, I'd be on the beach too, like with the real beach in the background, but it's just a lot of noise. Right. But yeah. So I realized this and um, there, there's nothing I can do about that. I just do my best. And um, now I want to get back into the retreats uh, at some point uh, where people actually come here specifically for that. You know, that will happen again when the time is right. It will happen. When the world opens back up and we can travel. Yes. And um, this girl is coming to one of your retreats when that finally happens. Once we can get out of Canada, because we're pretty stuck here right now. Um, One together, what you do, we can both do block therapy and you can do your your, uh, tarot cards and your readings. That would be so much fun. Yeah, it would be great. I would love to come and take part in one of your retreats. And I know that you just recently did some in the States, correct? Uh, yeah, they weren't really retreats. They were uh, workshops, like introductory workshops. And that was so exciting because I went to uh, St. Louis, Missouri, which is the middle of the United States. Like it is the center of the country. And it's literally this arch that's called the gateway to the West. So when you pass through there, you're going to the Western part. So I, I, I feel that is so cool that I planted that seed right in the center of the, of the United States of America. And then... I, I got to let the universe do the rest. They will water that those, those seeds and the roots will grow and they'll spread in all directions. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed doing that. It was, it was well, well, and thank you for opening those doors for the rest of us block therapy instructors and block therapists, because, you know, we've got to get, right. We're all helping each other with this still being a new modality, even though it's been around for 10 years, it's still a new healthcare modality. It takes time. You're beating on doors. You're beating on people who are saying that can't work. You know, I mean, I, I, I have my own incredible stories, but you know, it's up to someone else to make their own incredible stories. Yes. And I, and I have to laugh sometimes with my friends that still, like I'm, I'm teaching block the, at the moment. I'm not teaching yoga unless there's a, a private group or a private session that wants to book a session, but I'm a regular block therapy teacher in my class. And I still have friends that be like, Oh, are you, are you going to, are you doing yoga today? I'm like, it's not yoga. It's block therapy. It's not yoga. 
I don't know how many times I have to say it's not yoga. <laughs> it's like yoga on steroids. For those of you that do yoga and love the fascial stretches and all of that, this takes it to the next level. This yeah. is a yeah. strengthening and a healing. And it's just, it's just the best thing ever in 20 years of looking for modalities uh, as a, I am a retired massage therapist myself in all of the years of trying different modalities. Cause they all seem to find me before they become a thing. Um, this is the best one I have ever, ever found. So Rachel, you have, you were just saying, you've kind of formulated a way to breathe. Let's teach our listeners oh, well. how to get some breath from the upper chest down into the diaphragm. And just know as you start to breathe properly, I need to bring this up. As you start to breathe properly and you become more consciously aware of your breath, your body right now is going to be oxygen deprived. So you're going to find yourself yawning a lot because your body is now going, okay, I want more of that oxygen. I know when I first started to breathe properly, I yawned a lot until my body kind of caught up and got started to understand that it could get the oxygen that it needed on a regular basis. Okay. So the, the breathing technique that I created is actually not about, um, breathing properly or getting more oxygen. It's about producing nitric oxide. So I did some research on the nitric oxide. I geeked out on it for like uh, quite a while. And what I learned is that it's produced on the exhalation phase of the breath. Interestingly enough. Now I never, I, I heard that and I grabbed that and I said, okay, I'm going to run with that. And I also heard that it is accentuated. You produce more when you hum. So when you have that humming, when you close your mouth, when you hum, you are exhaling. So close your mouth and then just hum until you reach that neutral place that I was talking about where you can just be. There's no pressure to inhale or exhale. It's just neutral, neutral space. So you hum. And then when you can pause, I just pinch the nose so that no more air escapes. And during this time, the nitric oxide that was produced is gathering, gathering, gathering in the nasal passage. And then I open my mouth and exhale the rest, close the mouth and inhale through the nose what I was gathering, the nitric oxide that I was gathering. So again, it's just close, and you align your tongue when you close your mouth, you align the tongue and hum. So I'll do it. Mm. Then when I reach that place, just hold the nose and that, and then when I need to breathe, exhale, inhale. So, so it's giving the nitric oxide a chance to just gather and accumulate and accumulate. And then instead of exhaling all the way out through the nose, I just feel like I want to exhale through the mouth so it can stay there and then inhale through the nose to breathe that nitric oxide back into the lungs and so, so again explain what the benefit of this is the nitric oxide is uh it has an anti-inflammatory effect for your benefit for your reap your uh your lungs respiratory respiratory system thank you um also it helps to fight certain viruses and bacteria in the body, harmful bacteria. It is like a, a natural gas, which is meant to um, prepare the air that comes into the body so that it can serve us, so that breath can serve us even more than just keeping us alive, but helping us thrive. And so when I was just doing all this research about nitric oxide, and I'm like, it's like, wait a minute, so I just like, that's how, that's what I created that, that way. So it's not meant to be like something that you do all the time, right? Obviously you don't, don't, don't want to be doing that all day, but it's just when you feel like you could do with a, a dose of nitric oxide. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, you don't want to be walking around holding your nose. That's right. Yeah. Rachel, this has been absolutely fascinating. I've learned so much from you today. You know so much about the breath and breathing and the mechanism of it. I so much appreciate you being here today. If someone wanted to get in touch with you or they wanted to work with you or take your block classes, how would they reach you? Um, so my website is iloveblocktherapy.com or my name, rachelaverly.com. It's R-A-C-H-A-E-L-A-B-E-R-L-E. Um, I'm also on Instagram, Bahama Block Therapy. So you can reach me there and follow my Instagram. And I'll have a YouTube channel as well. That's Bahama Block Therapy. So Thank you, Rachel, so much for being here with me today. This was absolutely fascinating. I am going to be taking some of this stuff and incorporating it into my own classes so that I can teach my students how to breathe properly and why it's so important. So thank you so much for being so knowledgeable. To all of my listeners on YouTube and Anchor, thank you so much for being here. Again, give us a thumbs up if you love this. Leave us some comments. We'd love to, to talk with you. And this is Wendy 2.0, real, raw, and authentic. Have a wonderful day. Bye.